Blog Talk Radio.
in the name of Amin, the supreme, the all-powerful, the one and only true Lord. And Amin, we trust as the Republic of Mental, like the real 144,000 is being gathered in this day and time, the mentalists, the Amin race, the bright race. Good evening. I'm your host, the intellectual Newman Mankari, and this is Mental Like Radio. And tonight we're going to be discussing why real freedom will be found only in the fourth dimension. Why real freedom will be found in the fourth dimension. Simply because in the third dimensional realm, we are under law and order. In the third dimensional realm, we are under law and order. What do I mean by that? We have to have a physical law in place where we're in the three-dimensional realm. We have to have physical laws in place to prevent people from breaking these laws or going out of order, doing the things that they do. And, you know, basically acting like savages. You have to have physical laws in place to keep people from getting out of line. Keep them in order. You have to constantly reinstill it in them, and also you have to reinforce it in them. You have to reinforce it. That means punishment, jail, you know, uh, death penalty, anything that, you know, have to do them and to basically uh, enforce that law. Now, in the fourth dimension, the law and the order will be embodied in our people. In the fourth dimension, the law and the order will be embodied in our people. What do I mean? It will be embedded in us mentally. Physically, soulfully, it will be embedded in us, and it will not be able to be severed from us. It will be connected to us, right? It will be in our genetic material. It will be in our genetic makeup, the law. This is the extension of lawfulness and orderly conduct in our genetic material. Because by the time we reach the fourth dimension, we're going to see so much degeneracy in the third dimension through the through the what's left of the white man, this rest of the rest of the human race, the gray race. We'll see so much degeneracy that it will force law and order and the need to be righteous people into our genetic material. We're going to see so much degeneracy. We've seen a lot already, but it's more to come. You know, it's more to come. And when you see certain things that make an impression on you, when you see certain things, be it for good or for bad, that make an impression on you, it makes a deep impression, not just mentally, you know, mentally definitely, but it makes an impression in your physical body too, your physical and in your soul it makes an impression. So whereas you, you don't do things for a reason. You don't do things for a reason because it might have been a certain things you had to see to make you not want to you know, take that forward in the future. Things that make you say, I don't want to do that. I, You know, you see, things like that. So keep that in mind. That is going to be enforced in us. That law is going to be embedded in us. It's going to be embedded in our children where they're going to know right from wrong. Our people, like I said, you know, like like we used to say, genetically, Mentally, physically, we didn't we didn't participate in these things that the white man participated in. We didn't participate in homosexuality, lesbianism, and all this other stuff. We didn't participate in that stuff. It wasn't until they got into our genetic material. It wasn't until they got into our ear that we started to embrace a, a certain portion of 
uh, so-called black race. Not, I'm not going to say us, but a certain portion of the so-called black race started to embrace these ways of the beast because they had to have them opened up to you. You had to be exposed to that. You had to be made to partake in that because you forgot about the right and wrongs that were implanted in you. You forgot about the logical and rational thought that was implanted in our people. The beast did a heavy job on that. See, this is what the whole thing of uh, brain staining and programming our people, that like when they did it to make our people slaves, how they basically beat them into submission. Beating them into submission was a way of getting them to forget that which was righteous, that which was in alignment or lawful things that we didn't do. So when we was up under the beast, we had to follow his ways or we were forced to follow his degenerate ways. Like on the slave plantation, you know, the women had was being raped by the white man. The so-called black woman was being raped by the white man. Their children, bronze, little black children was being raped by the white man. He, men were being raped. So, you you know, that made a, a deep impression in the mind of the people. It's either going to, you know, despite, make you despise these people and their filthy and demonic and wicked ways, or it's going to make you embrace the greater. You see, you know why the beast is able, his ways are able to, you know, overtake the planet? is because so many people have been trained to embrace his ways. So many people have been trained to embrace his ways. Okay? And then being trained to embrace his ways and being trained to embrace that mindset of how he is, that's why people are in the predicament they're in right now. That's why the world is the way it is with full of degeneracy because nobody basically stands up against that. Nobody says, oh, that's wrong or we ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? So nobody stands up against that. Right? But now here it is, funny thing in China, right? Like in China, the Asians, they saw what the so-called white man was trying to do by trying to effeminize Asian men. They saw that. So what did um, China do? They said no more homosexuality, no more effeminate Asian men on TV. They shut that LGBT stuff down in Asia and China, at least in China. They shut down the LGBT. You know why? Because the Asians, even though they got some sugar in their tank, so a lot of the Asians got sugar in their tank. I've seen plenty of Asian homosexual males out here. They got sugar in their tank like the so-called white man, but the only difference is their numbers are dwindling just as fast as the so-called white man because remember I told you in, in uh, China there was a thing where they had they didn't want – It was, in other words, there were too many girls being born at one point in time, so they wanted boys, you know, to grow up because to be men to join the military. They didn't, want, they didn't want women in the military, so they was like, it's too many girls and not enough men. So they, I think they was, like, telling the women to get abortions if there was girls and to keep the boys and stuff like that. So they would either even the number out or it would be more men. But now the problem is it's too many men and not enough girls, not enough women. You see, so they definitely don't want to push anything else that would sway their numbers where they cannot procreate. So that homosexuality is a big thing. That's why they cut all that off because the white man was coming into, you know, pushing that in Asia, pushing that in China, the gay, LGBT, feminized Asian man. So they had to adopt that as wrong in their mind in order for them to survive. You see, they had to adopt that anti-homosexual, anti-gay agenda so that they could survive. You know, 
same way the beast is trying to get us to adopt that mentality and see it as normal so that they can survive. Because if um, if the men are not laying with the women, mass producing with the women, then that cuts the numbers back on our people. You see, any way they can to think of to cut the numbers back on our people. But as we go forward into the fourth dimension, we will have freedom because we have the law embodied in us. We will have the law embodied in us. You're only going to be uh, put in bondage or put in jail or put in prison or, you know, thing when you break the law. Then you will, then you lose your right to freedom. Once you break the law, once you break the law that was agreed upon by the righteous ones, by the people who are living their lives righteously, once you break that law, right, once you say, I'm not following that law, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, I'm my own God, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Once you break that law, then you are, you know, worthy of sentencing and punishing. You need to be sentenced and punished for breaking the law. You need to have your freedom ultimately taken away from you because that's what you that's what they do in this society when you break the law. They take your freedom. They take your freedom. They put you they take you and put you in a cage for the rest of your life when you break certain depending on what laws you break. But they put you in the cage for the rest of your life. Or they put you to death. Now that's fair. That's fair. That's fair for breaking the law. You deserve to lose your freedom if you break the law. And depending on how what you did, you know, it, it's based on the years you get, whatever, you definitely deserve your, to lose your freedom. You don't deserve to walk the streets if you're going to break the law and put other people in danger. You see? Because if you let one person break the law, you got multitudes of people breaking the law. You see? So now, as we go into the fourth dimension, where we know right from wrong or where it is, we even know right and no wrong, it's just the law that's instilled in us, embodied in us, then we free. There's no more, we ain't got to worry about jail or punishment or whatever, you know, consequences that come with breaking the law because we're going to live out the law. We're going to embody the law. We're going to teach our children, you know, little bits of it and whatnot so that they can grow and embody it. Because even in teaching your children the law, they can only embody it if they receive it. In other words, teaching your children the law and getting them to accept the law is two different things. You see, if you are if your children are born of righteous men and righteous women, then they're going to when you te- teach them the law, how we follow the law, how we live how we live the law as the almond race, then they're going to be like they're going to accept that and embrace it or if they got that too much human genetic in them somewhere down the line that rebellious mindset in them, then they're going to reject it. These are, the, these are the people who obviously it didn't take what it did. It wasn't embodied in them to follow the law. Some children are going to be rebellious. Some of them are going to take to the law slowly. But those who can receive it, those who can, you know, not break that and li- receive it and, and live by that, those are the people who have fully embodied it. They have embodied it. In fact, the only reason you need to tell them the law is so that they know what proper context in which to utilize it. But you don't ever have to worry about them breaking the law. You don't have to worry about them breaking the law. You won't have to worry about breaking the law. It will be encoded in you genetically to follow. Let me take a call. 859. 
Mr. Mincares. How you doing, brother? Brother from Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, I can definitely relate to what you're saying. You're talking about the rebellious, rebellious, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be me. See, I went to, like I said, I just turned 57 last week, week or two ago. Um, I went to prison when I was like 19 or 20, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Did about eight years in and out, you know, petty burglary type of stuff. But the point I'm trying to make is, it was how I was raised. I told you I was raised Catholic, and it's like my, my, you know, father was very, very strict, as you said yours was, mm-hmm. extremely strict, you know, like draconian type of stuff. So it's like, you know, when when you get out, you know, get a little freedom, man. You know, it's like, you know, you just you just be wild a little bit. That's what, you know what I'm saying, happened with me. Mm-hmm. So I can relate, you know, to what you're saying on that. I, you, I, you, I think a few episodes ago, you told a story about uh, something about uh, how, the, you know, when the white folks get you, because, you know, when I went to prison, you know, it used to have a little problem. Nothing major with drugs, cocaine or whatever, snorting. But uh, how do you know how they get you in there? And, you know, they had me like in this little group thing for, for drugs. It's like, you know, they, you know, they, they, you know the, the, the woman asked me, like, you know, What's your problem, Mr. Jackson? You know, did you come from a broken home? You know, all those type of stuff like that, like it was really a problem. And you know what I told him? Yeah. I told him, no, I was raised, I was raised proper. I said I come from a good, and it's like I can relate to. It. This is another thing I want to tell you. Too, I can relate. We 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 kind of like got a similar background. I, you know, was raised. When you talking about, every, I can relate to that. When you talking about a few nights ago, about how uh, in, in the projects everybody looked at y'all's family like the Cosby's. Mhm. Yeah. Remember when you said I can I can relate to that too. I had two younger brothers. We came up in a black neighborhood though, not not in the projects, but a, you know, so-called black neighborhood. And they looked at us same way. But I told the woman, you know, she looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, no, nah, you know, I said I'm not right from wrong. I just chose to break the law, and I'm being punished for it. You know, but like, uh, you know, I didn't come from no broken home. I immediately checked on that. I didn't come from no broken home. And I didn't have no mother. I said my, both my mother and father was there. I did this to myself, you know, and I'm suffering the consequences. You know, she well, looked at me like I was crazy. Stuff, well, 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 you know why they say stuff like you? Because nine times out of ten, that was some liberal, Caucasian, psych, psychotherapist, whatever. They say stuff right. like that because they want to generalize bronze people, so-called black people. They want to generalize you. Oh, you know, is it, are you this way? So they could put it in a like little uh, psychology right. books about coming from broken homes and having mental right. uh, I know uh, psychoses and all this BS they put yeah, up there because you came from a broken home and all this nonsense. Right. You know right. what you should have told them? Yeah, yeah. I, I told you, I, I told you, home. I told you, I checked them in. I'm like, nah, I immediately said, nah, look here, you got me confused. Like, but like you explained, the mass majority of our people are messed up anyway. So I can see why they would say something like that. But I wasn't the one. Like I said, she was immediately checked. I'm like, you got me confused. I said, no, nah, I, I told you, I, you know, my mother was a registered nurse, father worked. I said, I come from a good background. I just messed up. Like, what I'm trying to explain to you is it came from me being rebellious because I was sheltered all my life. I, I, like, like, listening to you talk, I, I think you can relate to that. And like I said, when I get in, like I said, I went to private school, parochial school, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, you know, being around white kids all your life. So when you, you know, my I think my father, he gave me a choice. I was like, I was a nice little basketball player. He gave me a choice, you know, he, you know, said I could go to, uh, 
you know, public school if I wanted to. That was my downfall. Should have stayed in private school. You get, you know, you get to be around your, your neighborhood friends and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Get to smoke yeah. the weed, and that's when you know that's that's that, that was my downfall from there. You know what I'm saying? But I, but I understand everything. I understand what I what I went through. But what I was trying to make to to you is that you know when you've been sheltered like it all your life, like I said. But like I said, I, I just me and my brother just paid tribute to my father because I outlived both my parents. My parents been dead probably about 25, 30 years now. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I gave a tribute. Because my father had a birthday last month in August. Me and my brother put his picture in the paper and paid a tribute to him. So we both uh, said we wouldn't be the men we are without his leadership and guidance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like I said, just like, just like you said, too, I love my, I used to hate my father. You know, but now, I remember he used to tell me, you know, when you have kids, you'll see why I'm so hard on you now. I do understand why he was. Like I said, I wouldn't be the man I am today without him. So... I gave paid a tribute to him and thanked him for the lessons he taught me. Like I said, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without him. But the lessons he, you know, instilled in me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Continue on with the program. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, we don't, we're not, you know, like I said, it's not going to be anybody forcing us to follow law in the fourth dimension. We're going to want to follow the law. We're going to want to follow the law. We're going to need to follow the law. It's going to be like a biological. Uh, um, it's going to be like a biological response to follow the law and not break the law. You see, we trying to embed it in us now. See, we following it because those of you who come into the community who really accept community law and and have you know, decide to live your life as mentalists and, you know, as bright race, you know, decide to live your life this way and, you know, cut yourself off from the people who are of the two-dimensional, the three-dimensional world, the people who are lost in this circular course of madness. Those of you who have chosen to cut yourself off for that, you've already embodied the law in the order of Amun. You've already done that. That's why you came here. Those of you who are truly real and serious about it because, you know, not for nothing, the people on the outside looking in, they don't understand that they tell me, oh, yeah, and been, you know, I, I acknowledge what you're saying is real. I acknowledge what you're saying is the truth and whatnot, but you are not leaving from amongst the lawbreakers. See, the lawbreakers are on the outside, the people who are trying to restore law and order on, on the inside in this community, the ones who are going to come together collectively to restore law and order all over this planet. You see, that is our point for being. That is our point for being here. And you can only do that when you acknowledge you acknowledge the need for embodying the law, following the law, being in alignment with the law. You see, the thing that kept us from following the law effectively was our emotional attachments to negativity, to low levelness to demonic entities. That's what cop you know, stopped us from following the real law, really following the law. And not, you know, BSing about it, but really embodying that. Really living by that. See, most people don't want to live by that. They want to do purposely the wrong thing always. 
They want to purposely do the wrong thing always in continuation. And because of that, that's what keeps our people at a standstill. You see, when people, when, so when you hear people talking about they want to get free, they want to get free, they want to get free, they don't really know what freedom is. Freedom is having the privilege to move through life and follow laws that were put in place, not by mankind, but I'm talking about natural law. You see, we follow the laws of mankind because we don't know the natural law of the Most High, which is the almond race, which is our ascendant. We don't know their law. We don't know their law, you see. So we have to follow the law of the beast. The law of Amun is supposed to supersede any laws of the beast. It's supposed to be greater than any laws of the beast. We don't rob, steal, kill. We don't do that, like I said. It's supposed to supersede any laws of the beast. And like I saw people, freedom to them means that they're free to free not to have to follow the law if they don't want to. That's what freedom really means to black people today. True freedom is to them, in their mind, real freedom is not having to follow the laws, doing whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it. If they don't want to take care of their children, they ain't got to. If they want to drive in the street and not follow the traffic laws and drive on the red and don't stop it and drive drive through red lights and, 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 and stop and hold up traffic at green lights and do whatever they want, make U-turns. If they want to do that's what they want to have the freedom to do. In their mind, that's freedom. If they want to walk in the bank and take a million dollars out of the bank, that's freedom to them. That's what people, that's what people really, that's the freedom that they supposedly want that's the freedom they want to, to do. That, that's the freedom they want to have, to do that, to do the things that are unlawful. When you hear black people tell them, when are we going to get free, they mean when are we going to get free from the law so we ain't got to find we can do whatever we want to do. That's really what that means. So these are people who definitely are not going to have law and order instilled in them genetically, mentally. They're not going to have that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why they're not going to make it to the fourth dimension. It's like making it into the fourth dimension, the law and the order is going to be implanted in you. Damn near like a chip. You see? But it's not going to use no physical chip. But I'm like, it's going to be implanted in you to want to keep the law, to follow the law, to embody the law so that we produce law-abiding people. Thus, a race of supermen and superwomen, because you can't have a race of supermen and superwomen who are lawbreakers, because the lawbreakers are the weakest of the breed. The ones who cannot follow law and order means that they lack discipline. And if you lack discipline where you are needed, where it is called on you to be strong, to be focused, to be forward thinking, then you don't make the cut if you lack the discipline. And like I said, how, it, you know, you're tested to see if you are disciplined or not is by having law applied to you. Can you follow the law? Can you follow the law? Can you lawfully follow the law? Live? Could you be trusted to follow the law if nobody was standing around and nobody was enforcing, was nobody to lock you up in jail or put a gun to you and, and put handcuffs on you? Would you follow the law then? The answer, truthfully, with most the majority of people on the planet, especially so-called black people, is no. They would not. 
No, they were not. The beast was able to take a people who were the most law-abiding people on the earth and turn them now into a people who are regarded as the most law-breaking, uh, most law-breaking people who break the law the most. What's the word I want to say? The most, um, or the I'll say like the biggest law-breakers. You know, that's how we are regarded. When they say they see black people, they all oh, these they Negroes commit crimes. They want to just commit crime. That's what that's the narrative the white man gives off about our people now. We want to snatch people's purses. We want to rob and steal as if they wasn't doing it. But they never made the face of chaos, confusion, and crime. The white man's never made that face, even though he is the true face of crime. He is the true face of crime and chaos and confusion. He is. If he is the true face of crime, right, chaos and confusion, then what is our face? What is our face? You ever notice bronze men do better at keeping the law, being law enforcement officers or overseers. They do better at doing, keeping that than they do being criminals. Right? They do better at keeping the law than they do at breaking the law. If they actually follow that natural inclination to keep the law, then we would be out of the third dimension already of so-called black people because again a lot of our people they know right from wrong they know what's righteous and what's unrighteous a lot of them do they just choose to ignore it we would be out of the third dimension a lot faster but everything happens for a reason everything happens in a season in sessions and you realize that in order to make it in the world truly make it in the world in order to ascend in the world you have to have law in the world. You have to have law that you follow, law that you acknowledge, law that you are willing to live for and die for. That is the freedom. When you don't have to have nobody standing over you trying to get you to enforce the law, that you're going to live by that, and you pledge to live by that, and you made that genetic pledge that you were born to live by that, that's enough. Hmm? That's enough. That's enough to get you in that mindset of power. That's enough to get you in the mindset of power. Because when you look at the superheroes, I'm going to just use this example, like Superman. Question, what law does Superman follow? What law have you ever seen any superheroes following? What, like, law, constitution, whatever... What have you ever seen them follow? Yet these people uphold the law according to the white men in these comic books, these cartoon characters. What law do they follow? Yet they they don't, you know, what law do they follow that these are the people that uphold the law? Answer, they don't follow no law. Whatever law they have is already encoded in them. This is what makes them supreme. This is what makes them super men or super women or super beings or wonder women or whatever. The law is already in them. The law is already encoded in them to follow. That's like you have certain who are criminals. They have sons and sometimes these sons end up becoming criminals. They follow in their father's footsteps. Same way you have somebody as a police officer and his children will follow and his footsteps of law enforcement. 
right? But the question is, why are you predisposed to it? Why do you feel a need to want freedom and ask what it takes to, to um, be free? Because, again, you hear the so-called pro-blacks, they always talk about freedom this and freedom that. Freedom comes with the cost. The cost is discipline. Freedom comes with a cost. The cost is discipline. If you are not disciplined, if you cannot govern yourself in the li- in life, if you don't know how to act in life amongst your people, then and only then do you deserve not to have any freedom. You deserve not to have any freedom. If you got a brother, sister, uncle, cousin, and you see that these are the people who are dysfunctional, these are the people who can't do anything right, these are people who are lost mentally. You see people like this. When you see people like this who are lost mentally, who, you know, don't know which way to go, these are people who have not embodied law and order in their life. They have not embodied it. Let me take a call. 303. Hey, Newman. Oh, one question. Mm-hmm. How do you restore a law that's already been broken? How do you restore a law that's already been broken? Yeah. You mean within a group or within yourself? Um, I'm talking uh, nationwide, this whole thing that the beast has got going on. How do we restore this law that they have broken, that we have broken as a people? Because we're not exempt. We have broken law. They have broken law. How do we restore these laws that have already been broken? By reestablishing them and following them. Simple as that. Reestablishing them and following them. They come in the community and, we, and part of the community. Our people, that, again, yeah, our people don't want to be part of the community. They don't want to come in and follow the law and the order, but then they want to ask questions. I'm saying to you, but you know, people do this. They'll ask me every question around other than the thing I keep saying. So come into mm-hmm. the community and follow the law and the order. That's how you reestablish it. It's like working out. When you stop working out, and then you'd be like, well, damn. How do I start back getting into working out? Start doing it again. Just start doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I understand that for sure. Um, what do you say? Like like a man like like a person like myself or a man like myself, I would say like, what do you say about people that's excited to reestablish the law and just it's just not happening quick enough? What do you say about that? Are they in the is community? There, hey, are they, no, they, like, there's no individual practicing of law, brother. There's no individual. Okay. See, people, there's no individual practicing the law. Okay. Uh, All right. Yep, yep. I, I understand that because that, that's what I'm going to join your community, whether it's Mesoamerican or the Mentelec. My, my letter's already written and stuff, but I, I'm, I'm in a, like a I'm excited to reestablish the law, but I know there's a patience that comes with it because I'm just like, man, this, like me and my lady, me and my woman friend, 
we're walking down the street and, and we have no, like, we just take walks and we ride the bike and, you know, there's cars that want to hit us and it's just no law around here. And I'm just like, I know it's not an individual thing that I can do. And it's like, I can't even walk across the street, man. I can't. And I, I like to ride my bike. I like to, we do walks and jogs. And in my city where I'm from, from Denver, Colorado, and we can't even, we can't even simply walk across the street as pedestrians. And that's the first law. Like what happened to the pedestrian law? It's just a lot of laws that's being broken. So, and, and you know, I want to do something about it, but I know it's not just I just it's just not me. I just can't do it alone, and I would like to have a community to do it, but it's like I'm in a rush to establish this law. Mm-hmm. I'm in a rush well, to establish these laws that I, I can't even walk across the street as a pedestrian, man. These people don't even give me the the leeway to walk across the street and it's just like me and my lady if i was if i was to put a seed in this woman and she's walking across the street and if you hit me and you keep going it's just simple laws that these people are breaking every day which i i I can't i can't and i almost lose my shit every day and it's just like god damn i can't even walk across the street patience is necessary you can't you know when you make yourself part of the law you know you start to see things start to become a little more lawful around you things start to become more you know start to bend more towards your direction but this is what we got the mesoamerican community for nine times out of ten we'll take you're going to go in the mesoamerican community because people in there they got to work on their patience they got to work on a lot of things and whatnot in there before they can make it to the community to the republic of mental life so, it, you know, you got to go through there and uh, telling people, you know, we're going to start sending people through there before they can get to this point because we need to be very clear and very focused on what the trajectory is of what we're trying to accomplish. What are we in alignment to accomplish? And that comes by way of patience. All right? Okay. Yeah, but I understand that. That's why I'm like, Maybe I can start at the – and I'm glad you started the Mesoamerican Community Game because I'm like, maybe I just need to start small and then and then build my way up to the Republic, which my destination is, because I, I just need um, a little bit of guidance and the small steps. And then that's why the Mesoamerican community is perfect for me and then build my way up to Mentelec because I know Mentelec is a whole different thing. But um, thanks for answering that. I'll continue to listen. Okay. All right. See, I say um, Mesoamerica is not going to be built overnight. It's going to be taking time, just as our community. Everything takes time. Everything happens in a succession. Everything happens in a great succession, and we have to make ourselves available to succeed within the succession. When we have embodied the law, when we want to do the righteous things in life and we are willing to let our vessels, you know, match up what we what we desire to do, what we need to do. Because remember I said your needs will become your 
desires, not your wants. Your need will become your desire, not your wants. You will need to follow the Lord. You will need and desire to have it embodied in you. You'll want to wear it inside of you like a mark. You will want to wear the Lord inside of your Lord of Harmony in you like a mark because that's the same. That's the way I wear it. Same way these people got the mark of the beast on them and do all kinds of degeneracy and unlawfulness. I got the mark of Amen on me to do righteousness. And you all who walk with me, you have the mark of Amen on you to do righteousness. That's why y'all look at the world and the world that you're looking at disgusts you. You're disgusted by what you see here, and rightfully so. Because if you're not a real man or woman of law and order, then and then that means you embrace this world. You don't see nothing wrong with the degeneracy of this world. You don't see nothing wrong with the faggots and the lesbians and the degenerates. You don't see anything wrong with the pedophiles. You 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 call them your brothers and sisters. You see, you don't see anything wrong with that. See, the people that can call those people the brothers and the sisters, and we all the people that do that. Those are the people that do not have law instilled in them. They are the people that don't have law instilled in them. That's what they are. They're the people that don't have law instilled in them. They don't have, they have no idea of law and order. And when you got people like that, you can't really take them for anything or acknowledge them for anything, you know. You can't really acknowledge or take them for anything other than what they are, which is nothing. Nothing. See, the mark of the beast is the mark of unlawfulness and disorderly conduct. That's his mark. Because everybody that follows him, they go against the law of homage. Everybody that follows the beast, whether you laying down with them, mixing your seed with them, talking like them, acting like them, those are all violations of the law that Amun set forward for our people to follow. And until we follow those laws again, until we pick these laws up and walk forward with these again and never go backwards, that's when we're going to extend ourselves by the power of the law, raise ourselves in the image of the law. That's the only time. Other than that, there is going to be no law. There's going to be no order. There's going to be no structure if people have to tell us to constantly follow. See, we have to have that now because me even, tell, you know, going to put out the book of law in order for members in the community and for our families to follow. It is so that this can be embodied in us, embedded in us. That's what this is for. So that the law and the order can be embodied in us and embedded in us. That's what it's for. I tell you all this to make a, a constant impression. Yeah. That's to make a constant impression. The whole point is to make a, a constant and continuous impression. You see? All right. So always keep that in mind. That if you're not trying to make a constant and continuous impression in law, and what you mean to the Lord, then that says something about you in alignment with the Lord. You know, when a person becomes a lawyer, when a person becomes a lawyer, what is a person expected to pass the what? The bar. They're expected to pass the bar. That means that they have 
not only raised the bar, but they have surpassed the bar where they have an ultra standing. I'm, I'm telling you what they're really supposed to represent when they pass the bar, their bar exam. Because I remember I told you bar oh, uh, 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 is, you know, backwards for rab. Rab, is, I think, is another word Hebrew for law, right? Bar, I think, is a word for law, too. Rab, rabbi, rabboni. But they pass the bar, become lawyers, and what they're supposed to do as upon becoming lawyers is they're supposed to embody the law of this land inside of them. They're supposed to know it. They're expected to know this, right or wrong. They're expected, when you become a lawyer, you are expected to embody the law and order within you. This is what you're expected to do. You're expected to embody law and order in you. You see, as one mind, one body, and one soul of people, this is what you're expected to do. And if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to raise the bar, if you're not going to go forward collectively together as a race of beings who have embodied the law of Amen, then you can forget that there's no freedom for you. That's ultimately what freedom is. Freedom means, again, we ain't got to have nobody enforce nothing over us because they don't, they, they're not going to enforce nothing that we're not willing to follow ourselves. <clears throat> you know, they're not gonna, we ain't going to need nobody to police us. We're going to be the police that's going to be policing everybody else because they're not going to want to follow the law. They're going to need, like I said, we're going to police everybody else. But we don't, we don't need to follow the law. We already live the law. It's one thing to follow the law, and it's another thing to live the law, embody the law. You see, these people just follow the law because they have no other choice. They got to follow the law, and they really hate it. They want to be free. They want to be free not to have to follow the law, not to have to follow order, not to have to follow structure. They want to be free to do that. And hopefully, hopefully, we're not um, of that mindset to allow people to act one way and play like they're being lawful, but they're really disorderly at the same time, you know, and they are being deceptive. They're being deceptive. Keep that in mind. We will not have to be deceptive in our extension of power. We will not have to be deceptive. We will be reflective in our power. We will reflect something greater in ourselves. Why? Because it is necessary for us to embody that in ourselves. It is necessary for us to embody that in ourselves. If not us, then who? If not us, then who? Okay. Ask yourself the question. If not us, then who? I'll play a little bit of music. Let me see. 
and I want to try out some new stuff. Right. I want to try out some new jazz. Um, Chicago, I'm going to be in Chicago in uh, October, the third week, about the third week of October. Those of you in the Chicago area and around the surrounding areas of Chicago, St. East St. Louis and things like that, who listen to the broadcast, come on out and travel here me. Admission is $25. It's going to be the um, the Bright World Order Conference. We're picking up in uh, Chicago. We're picking up in Chicago, and um, we want to uh, see our people. We'll be right back.
ones that leave all zeros when we come through The superheroes they think of, speak of Supremacy when you see us The cure for your sickness Disease, mental lock, mental lack The real republic, why not us? Spot flooded with surface Flew here, urgent From another planet, Persian Hops out the teleport Straight from Krypton, Balzard Rocking all blue, new neck Superman, bronze tan Palm the world in my hand Goddamn, the Lord's coming for you I'm a, I'm his free slayer Beast. Tame animal cave dwellers to tell her lucrative business endeavors. Marijuana got my eyes red like the sun at dusk. Sunset it off. High power laser beam. Clean them off. Hit my target marksman. Perfect aim. Sharp shooter bulls out the most high. Gave me the sign. Mesmerize the masses with my classics. Like this. Invested half a mil in past film deals. Finally Hollywood demonic producers. A troopless. Exposing your closed circle of criminal wizards. Cast and robbing black artists and actors Tells from the crypt and shit Flip the script on them Time for judgment and punishment On them No mafioso, only built for I'm 
iron, sharp as iron, sparks flying, man of steel, made from carbon, 2,000 degrees, at ease, soldier, fire starter, flames on, like torch, bars, fantastic, four, all wise, civilized, prepare for war, peacemaker, fuck, ride or die, we ride and fly, forever, future teller, break my dark acapella when the beat drop, pop off like cork, champagne bottle on New Year's, cheers, no fear in our hearts, Z mark spot, jackpot, triple sevens, add them up, 21 gun salute, don't make me shoot, mental boot camp, tens the number, future teller, what, linear from the circular, tens the number, we are future teller, future teller, in the perfect picture, Your freedom comes with a cost. You could kill for your freedom, or you can kill for your freedom. I meant to be funny, but I mean that. There's meaning I said that twice. There's only one choice. When people, I told you, when black people were saying freedom of death back then, I, I didn't understand. Were they saying freedom of death, meaning they're going to be free, or they're going to just die, or they're going to be killed by the white man? Either. Or was it freedom or their death? You see, if you're willing to fight for your freedom, if you're ready to kill for your freedom, well, you don't have to serve anybody because, you know, whether or not you stand up for freedom, freedom always comes with responsibility. Freedom always comes with responsibility. We had our freedom taken away from us because we didn't want, want to be responsible people. What do I mean by that? Our people, if we would establish the law of the land here, the order of the land here, and defended it to the death of those who tried to break that law, then we would be a lot further along now. See, we don't take law seriously. We don't take order seriously. Why? Because black people have been taught to look at law and order as something that inconveniences you. You look at law and order, black people look at law and order as an inconvenience. You've been trained to look at law and order as an inconvenience, something that keeps you from doing what you want. And why does the beast do that? Why does he always show you in these movies, you know, he makes it look cool to break the law. And he makes authority or those who are in authority, in authority to keep the law he makes them look like, you know, bad or boring or, you know, uh, hard people, you know, not people to be embraced. Answer because he really wants to encourage people to break the law, and therefore he always has a job to keep the law. You see, when you no longer have use for something, it outlives its usefulness. In other words, without people breaking the law in the society, 
There's no need for the beast and his police and his sheriffs and whatever else he got. There's no need for that. There's no need for his law enforcement if people are not breaking the law. But we know people in the third dimensional realm, they're going to break the law. They are perpetual lawbreakers. But even in the setting up of the police forces, sheriff's departments, and everything else here in this three-dimensional realm, you could tell this was all done at the behest of the Amun because law, enforcement of law and order had to keep going here, had to be instilled here, had to keep going. It had to be enforced here in order for things to go into alignment perfectly with the fourth dimension. So basically everything we see and when we see the police out here, the FBI, the CIA, all these law enforcement agencies, that's purposely up there. And what we're supposed to learn from that is that we are supposed to apply and stand up for the law the same way. And we're supposed to do that first and foremost in our community, and then it starts to spread out from our community. It starts to spread out into the rest of the world, and pretty soon we are influencing the rest of the world to follow the law and the order because you cannot have true peace. You cannot. You cannot have true peace without law, without law to follow, and that law is what will bring you into freedom. Your ability to follow the law, accept the law as it is, will make you freer. It makes you free in the third dimension in that, when I was telling the brother earlier, I said, notice when you are not engaged in all kinds of foolishness and law-breaking in this society, when you hold yourself to a higher standard, doesn't everything that you come in, count, in contact with, whatever you, whoever you come in contact with, doesn't everything seem as though it's not um, it, it it's not going to uh, make you make a misdirection in, in how you keep going. In other words, everything is, you know, when you follow the Lord, things become more, you know, um, what's the word I want to use? Palatable. That things become more palatable for you to follow the Lord. You see, because now the Lord is being bent towards you, is being bent for you, and being built bent for you to be able to maneuver through the law. It's being bent for you to be able to maneuver through it. You see? It is being bent for you to maneuver through the law, through the order. You see? You can live by it. Right? You have peace of mind. You have peace of mind when you know that don't nobody got to enforce the law on you or force you to keep the law, force you to keep the order, you have peace of mind. Okay? I know I did, like I said, when I decided I'm going to live a certain kind of way. Like you notice, when guys go to jail, like a lot of these guys who get in the street, they're in the street life and they go to jail, What a lot of times they end up becoming Muslim, right? They become Muslim in jail. One of the main reasons they do that deep down inside is because when they get to jail, and, you know, by that time it's too late, they don't got put up in jail, and they out of the streets where they were, um, you know, where they uh, were tempted to break the law, they go into a place that is enforcing the law, and they're being put in a place that's going to enforce the law and make them stay there all that time until they adhere to the law. Now, they join Islam because Islam has laws, and they want to follow some sort of law as well. They want to discipline themselves to follow some sort of law. 
you see, because they knew the Lord was missing in their life. That's really why they joined religion. They joined religion like Islam and stuff like that, because they want some kind of law, some kind of structure, some kind of order in their life, you see. And a lot of times they wish they would have found it before they went in jail. Their lives would have been a lot more peaceful. Because when you're not engaging in certain things, when you're not partaking in certain things that are against the law, the law of nature, the law of health, the law of the law of this land, when you're not engaging in those things and you have made an open stance to not be a part of these things, to live by a law that is, you know, opposite of these things, then you notice your life becomes more easier. Your life starts to become more easier once you start to embody that law and make up your mind and decide, I'm going to live this way. You start to embody the law. You start to embody that order. And once you are able to embody that law and that order, then you receive power. You get the power that you first, the first power you receive, the first power that you receive is peace in your life. That is the first power that you receive. I remember when I stopped selling drugs, right? When I was breaking the law and I was selling drugs back in the 90s, you know, I um, I was making money, you know, and I was doing okay, you know, and um, had me a couple of spots, you know what I mean? And uh, I did okay, but I never got any sleep and I was always a nervous wreck. Not because I was afraid of, you know, people or, you know, people trying to take over where I had my little territory or whatever. I wasn't afraid of that. I was more, you know, leery of the police, the law, and getting, you know, having to get busted and going and doing time. But I was more afraid of that. So, you know, not so much even the jail of the people, but just having to lose time out of my life for taking a, you know, taking a bust. And I, and I, and that stayed with me, and I was never. You know, I could never sleep good. I could never, you know, uh, enjoy whatever money I made. I could never enjoy it. I was always working, and I was always having to watch and look over my shoulder. That's what comes when you live a life of unlawfulness. That's what comes with it. You got to always be looking over your shoulder. You got to always be, you know, in fear. You know that someday it's gonna come down. You gonna take a you gonna take a bust or whatever the case may be. That always that fear is always there. So when I stopped doing that, when I stopped breaking the law, you know, I didn't have nothing to worry about no more. I made a decision to stop breaking the law, stop being involved in things I shouldn't have been involved in, taking the higher road. I you know I didn't have those worries anymore. I didn't have those fears. I, I got actually got a good night's sleep. You see. I actually got good night. I started getting good nights. I didn't want to look back. I ended up having to go get me a regular job, but I was okay with that. Because I was like, shit, at least I could sleep at night. You know, at least I ain't got to worry about getting <laughs> picked up with a whole bunch of crap cocaine on, you know, being transported. I'm about to go back into the old thoughts in the old days. But anyway, y'all get where I'm going with this. You see, that's what happens when law is established in your life one way or the other. That's what happens when law is established in your life. You begin to set your mind to live by the law and follow the order. You got certain people, no matter what you do, they will never follow law. 
They will never follow order. No matter what you do, no matter what they hear, no matter what happens to them, they have decided to be career criminals and break the law. Those are the people who will never be free. Those people will never be free because a lot of those people have that stain on them. They have that criminal, uh, uh, law, law-breaking, disorderly stain on them. It's in their family. You got certain people who are like family law-breakers. They whole family, they just got that genetic marker of lawlessness on them. You see? They just got that, genet- that marker of lawlessness on them. And they're always going to be constant and continuous lawbreakers. You see, you got people like that. They're just going to be constant and continuous lawbreakers, no matter what. Those are the people who will never be free in their life. They carry that disorderly and, un- and, and unlawful stain on them. Because that's just what they have. That's what they are. That's what they have allowed themselves to become over time a group of people who systematically break the law, refuse to follow order. And when you got people like that, those people will continuously receive punishment. They will continuously receive judgment. You see, they will continuously receive punishment, judgment, and it's never going to be in the way that it's supposed to be. It will never be righteous. For these people, because they turn their backs on righteousness, they turn their backs on it. Like I said, you got people who sit up here and said they're going to be career criminals, man. They made their mind up to be career criminals. They made their minds up to be people who are going to constantly, you know, be on the other side of the law, no matter what. And you got people like sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, a circumstance, oh, you know, they didn't have no money. You got certain people that just like breaking the law, man. You just got certain people that like breaking the law. You see, no matter what, they they could come from money and they still going to break the law. So when people tell me, oh, it's a money thing, that's a lie. That's a lie. You see, when people say it's a money thing, it's a lie. It's never about money. It's never about money. It's always about people who have embodied the law versus those who have not. That's what it's about. People who have embodied the law versus people who have not. People who never will. You see? And we have to be mindful of that because it would be foolish to think that, you know, everybody's going to be able to obey the law and follow the law. No. That's only going to happen in the fourth dimension when it is embodied in us. And that's when we will have true freedom, when we won't have anybody overseeing us because we're going to be the overseers. So who's going to oversee the overseers? Who's going to oversee the overseers? No one. And that's supposed to be like that right now. Like I said, those in line, it's going to watch. It's going to come a time where those of our people who are of this community, we're not going to be have, we're not going to be running into no problems with no police. You know, everything's going to be a good encounter. They're going to go about their business. We're going to go about ours. They're going to leave us alone. It's going to be like that. While we watch these Negroes get pulled over, get shot, you know, thrown on the ground, stuff like that, we're not going to have to experience that stuff because we pledge to keep the highest law and the highest order. We pledge that. We pledge to keep the highest law and the most and the greatest order and that is the law and the order of ourselves. 
We had chose to embody it to make ourselves greater. We follow the law and the order of Amun, you know, is quadruple these laws of the beast, meaning that, you know, it's more than just we ain't robbing, we ain't stealing, we ain't selling drugs, we ain't eating bad food. It's, it's you know, that and more. This is not just law of the land. This is dietary law. This is, um, you know, uh, uh, law that's established between man and woman. These are laws that we are living to follow. These are laws that we are living to follow. We didn't come here to break the law. We came here to uphold the law and keep the law and embody the law within ourselves because that's where the true power is. You know, why you think, like I said, law is always prominent. Law is always prominent. Wherever you go in this land, wherever else in the so-called Bible, the law is prevalent. And woe to the lawbreakers, those who would like to break the law, who want to continue to break the law. We'll be right back.
being above the law is going to be a real thing. Being above the law is going to be a very real thing. In the fourth dimension, we will literally be above the law because we're going to be the ones making sure the law is kept. Like I said, you are above the law when you are embodied with the law. In other words, you don't need to have the law enforced on you. You're free of the law because the law is already in you. The law is already in you. It's already in you to be a righteous man and a righteous woman. So that's what the fourth dimension is. We're going to be righteous people, people who embody the law and the order, and we're not going to break that. That's what's going to keep us in power as righteous people. Now, I said this, and I'll say this again. You see, this is why I say you can't, you, you got to stop. This is why I say with this whole black thing and all black brothers and sisters nonsense. Let me tell you something, man. You got to have people who have made a conscious decision to keep law and order in their lives, embody that in their children. So eventually it becomes like your only mindset, your only nature that you follow. You're trying to make the law so deeply embedded in you, embodied in you, that it's flawless. You follow it seamlessly. You know, flawlessly, how you say seamless? You follow it with no interruptions, no nothing. You just keep going with it. It becomes something natural to you, you see. And anything that's opposite that is unnatural. And that's how we're supposed to really see things again because right now, every every way we've been taught to look at things in life, in this life, based in lawlessness and disorderly conduct, it's all based in lawlessness. Everything we've been trained to look at, look to, look up to, or whatever the case may be, it's all in lawless and disorderly conduct. It's all done in vain. It's all done with nothing in mind. Like I said, we've been brain stained, and part of the staining is that we've been stained with the ability to break the law. Why do we find it easy to break the law here? Why do you so-called black people find it easy to get involved in crime where you didn't before, get involved in selling drugs where you didn't before, get involved in prostituting yourself or doing whatever, breaking the law, genetic law, biological law, you know, engaging in this homosexuality and this at least degenerate ways of the beast. Why do you think it's easy for them to break this law, break these laws? Because they had to accept that they were black people. Once we accepted that we were black people, it made it that much easier for the beast to convince us to break the law. When he lied to us and told us that we are human like them, when he did that, what did we start to do? We started to govern ourselves like humans. We started believing in good and evil. We started actually believing we had a choice whether or not we wanted to keep the law or not. And really for us, it really is no choice. There really is no choice in the matter. We're either going to live by the law or die by it. See, this is why you so-called black people are dying in America and all around the world, because you broke the law of the Most High, which was Amen. The Like I said, the natural law you broke, you broke natural law, you broke uh, um, biological law, international law by getting involved in these things that are not of our people. You broke the laws. Simple as that. And you have to be under the law. 
because of your breaking of it. Now you got these beasts, a lot of these Caucasian beasts, you got them, those, the elites who sitting up in power, they above the law. They are above the law. You see, they ain't going to no jail. Ain't no jail for them. Ain't no no handcuffs being put on them. Your elites. Ain't nobody policing them. Who going to police the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers? Ain't nobody policing them. Ain't nobody putting no damn handcuffs on them. I don't care what they do. But you know why that is? Because these people on some level have embodied the law of this three-dimensional realm. They have embodied the law. So when you embody the law like that, when you live that way, you start to become exempt from the law. In other words, you're not under the law. You're above it. You're over the law. You become overseers of the law. Watches. And that's what true freedom is. True freedom is that. True freedom is being above the law because we have embodied the law. We trust each other to keep the law. And if you should break the law, then you're going to go under the law. You're going to go under the law because that's enough threat for our people, at least going forward in this day and time. That should be enough for our people to be like, you know, I'm going to keep the law. I'm not going to break the law. Because when you do break the law, when you, cho- when you choose to break the law, you go up under the law. You go under the law. You see, that's why the beast is under this law, this and under that law, under this law, this and under that. You did this and under this law. So you go under the law. You go under his law. And that's something that you will not be free of as long as you're in this third dimensional realm, as long as he's in power or in charge, I should say. But even when our people come forward into power, the same laws and even greater laws are going to be established. See, because these Negroes, they'll challenge our authority on laying down the law, and they will let you know they're going to be lawbreakers. That energy is going to come right back. Those people who died off, that broke the law, and these last stage, the ones who was out here shooting their guns, selling drugs, they'll be right back at the graves doing the same thing. They'll be right back. So expect that. I'm talking about the elect of our people who have to police these humans. Expect that. We enter in a um, basically a post-apocalyptic or we're about to enter into a post-apocalyptic or apocalyptic world because everything has to go through an apocalypse in order for laws to be reestablished, reshuffled, and people to be reshuffled in the deck in order for people to come into power, in order for people to come into a state of freedom, there has to be a reshuffling of the deck. You can never have people ascending to power without a shuffling of the deck, something taking place, catastrophic. Certain people got to lose, people got to take L's. You see, that always has to happen when you're on the path toward freedom. It always has to happen. You see, when you're on that path to the fourth dimension where Freedom simply means that you have learned your lesson. Because to make it to the fourth dimension, you would have had to learn your lesson in breaking all laws, natural and otherwise. Like I said, the law, the first law is the law of necessity. What do we need? What do we know we need? The law of necessity. What do we need and what do we know we need as a people? You see, as a continuous people, what do we know we need? Not what we want, 
because we're deceived at what we want. We're deceived at our want for freedom. We're deceived. You see, like a good example of that, I said, you know, when people are the most effective, people are the most effective when they have only one exit strategy. When you have one exit strategy, one path, one course to follow, then you're going to be successful at that. But if you if you have the freedom to make a choice, another choice other than the right choice, then you know what? You're going to fail at the choice you made because everyone's given the right choice to make that's placed in front of you. There's always a choice that comes up. It don't even have to really be placed in front of you. You could walk into that choice yourself. You could walk toward that choice yourself. It becomes a path. You know, and then you start to say to yourself, "Oh well, I got another path." But the path was not to, or the, it was not to walk toward another choice. It was to walk toward the only path you're meant to follow, that destination into destiny, which I'll get into tomorrow. <laughs> All right, and they say, "What the police will do?" You ever notice that the police, when they got somebody surrounded, and they'll be like, "Come out with your hands up and come out and do this and that and the third. You know why they tell you that? Because they give you an option. You know, they they basically let you know if you come out with your hands up, we won't shoot you. We, we'll just take you in. See, they give you that option because if they say we just gonna come and kill you and ain't no ch- no chance, you gonna fight to the death and you gonna take a lot of them with you and you might get away and you probably will get away if you fight that hard because it's only one path in. So they don't. That's why they don't tell people that. Is when they you know they make sure that you know you have a choice so that they can distract you from freedom. Because when you go hard on one path, you will get free. I promise you that when you go hard on one path in your life, one path you pursue in the pursuit of what you need, you will achieve everything. You will achieve everything. The minute you start trying to go on another path, you will lose everything. You will attain nothing. Minute you start having the illusion of choice, then that's freedom out the window. Because look at how the people fail in life. The guys who get caught up in crime or the girls who get caught up in crime, they have a choice of, well, do I break the law or do I not break the law? Do I break the law to get the things I want, right? Or do I not break the law, stay out of jail, and get on a path of what I need? They are nine times that chin depend on their low their low levelness and their mindset to want to have choices, to want to have that so called freedom of choice. There's really no such thing as a freedom of choice. There's no such thing. The true freedom is in the one choice you made to follow that law, thus that path, thus that destination. That's the ultimate freedom. You will succeed when you are given one path to follow. That's the only time you will succeed. You know why? Because if you indeed are given that one path toward freedom and all your focus is on is freedom and how you're going to become greater within that path of freedom, then you will excel and you will extend in that path of freedom you will excel and extend in that path of freedom because there's nothing else, no other place to go. Where else are you going to do that? But when you're given that, oh, you can take this road or that road, you're going to always pick the wrong road. You will always pick the wrong road because there should never be a secondary road toward freedom. There should only be one road toward freedom. You know, 
There should only be one path toward freedom. And you should be embodied with that with the laws on your path, which you will do and which you will not do, absolutely not, as you get on that other side. Which you have and, and it won't even be a thing of which you will not do because what you will not do has been left on the other side. Now this is about what you will do and continuously do, and that is embody the law. Simple as that. You've made that decision when you said, I'm only going to move in one direction. You see? Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. The path to freedom is in which you accept Path and freedom is to which you accept what you're willing to be responsible for in your life and in the lives of others. Right? There should be one path, not multiple choices, for freedom. Let me go ahead and read these questions before we get out of here. Why will real freedom be found in the fourth dimension? Because the fourth dimension is one. This, see, this is what I'm trying to tell you. The fourth dimension is one. And the third dimension, the zero dimension, the two dimension, all that's two. That's two. That's the illusion of two. Two dimension, three dimension, that's the illusion of of two and three, multiple choice, right? When all those paths from the two dimension and the third dimension are the wrong paths, all of them, every last single one of them are the wrong paths. That's why four equals one in the first step toward evolution because that means that you only got one path to take. You ain't got to make no decisions. It's already there for you. Just walk on the path. Walk to where you need to be, where you need to go, what you need the most. Right? Why not in the third dimension? Because the third dimension is a, cho- is a space of illusion. It's a space of multiple choice. And when you have a space of multiple choice, you'll never get to freedom. Because it's too much to have to think about. Am I making the right decision? Am I making the right decision? You shouldn't have to, at, at this point, you shouldn't have to ask. If you already know, still questioning, it's because you don't really want to know. You want to be given the comfort of having more than one choice in life. See, people think it's a comfort to have more than one choice in life. But it actually puts you in a mindset of bondage and slavery because now you're always going to be a prisoner of that choice that you made. Whether it's right or wrong, you're always going to be a prisoner of that choice. And like I said, when you make a choice based on what you want, based it's not what you need, you're always going to be trapped in that choice forever. Because I guarantee you, it will always be the wrong choice. I had to see it that way. Well, fourth dimension, will the fourth dimension have a law and order? No, the law and order will be instilled in our people. It will be installed in us because... We're going to walk this path continuously, and it will eventually just make that that law and order will make an impression in us. So, no, we're not going to have anybody enforcing laws or orders and have, have anything written out. It's going to be embodied in us. What does freedom really mean? Freedom means responsibility. It means the direction toward the right path, toward the only path, toward power. It means the acceptance of pure freedom, true freedom, which is being responsible and being lawful and orderly and enforcing that or you know, overseeing that on others. 
it's going to go from the overseeing and from enforcement to overseeing soon. Ain't that to Enforce nothing. Right? Why do people claim they want freedom in this in this time? Because people want to break the law in this time. That even a little bit of law that the beast got going here that he got left, they want to even break that mess. That's what they really want. And that's it. We're going to close out in the name of Amen by the power of Amen. And Amen we trust, and Amen we thank, and Amen we continue forward forever. I'm the intellectual new Ben Kari. This has been Mental Like Radio. See you guys back in the morning night at 10. Good night. Amen.